Hey, welcome to Lancaster Baptist. It's been a while. We know it hasn't. It's been about a week. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're all back. I'm back with uh, H.D. Jones. Hey, good to see you. He's sitting right over here on my side of the table. Always an exciting adventure when we sit on the same side of the table. <laughs> or the opposite sides of the table, come to think of it. H.D., my mother from another brother. Mm, boy, that hurt. <laughs> there you go. Off to the roaring start. Michael Koontz is across the table. Hello, Jackson. Good to see you, Michael Koontz. It is good to see you too, sir. Uh, the shirt, have you worn this shirt before or is this a new one? You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually going through previous episodes right. and trying to see what I have worn recently. Okay. And I don't think this one's been worn in a while. Okay. I, I don't recall it. But it may have been. I'm well, just not sure. Early on in this process, I was not really paying attention to the shirts. But now that I know that you're <clears throat> in an effort to show us your entire wardrobe oh. of printed shirts, then now I'm trying to I kind mean, of pay attention. Let me tell you, we got a special <coughs> for the live episode. Oh, really? And we got one that you'll never forget. Uh, and that will be this Sunday. Because That's exactly right. <clears throat> Tomorrow. Yep. We're talking right now. It's actually this Saturday anyway. Yeah. But yes. Tomorrow. This, tomorrow we're going to do live. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. if that's right. Yeah. Unless you watch it on Friday nights, which is a oh, pre. Now we're just messed up. Yeah. We're messed up, all right. I've worn the same socks to every episode. They're See, kind of my lucky socks. I was wondering. Yeah. I, was, I was like, yeah. there's something in the air. <laughs> right. Well, anyway. Uh, uh, yes, the shirt. Coffee and some <laughs> bad cheese. I'm glad the shirts are. I'm going to take over now because I can hear it going awry over to the, the side of me. Anyway. Uh, Neil Andrews is back. Hey. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. Um, I guess that's it. You don't, you don't want to make fun of his wardrobe? Come on. Nope. I'm not okay. going to pick on your wardrobe. Uh, he's wearing a Cookie Monster shirt that says, Still Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> don't this side one. of the table, we'll leave it alone. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to see you too. Good to see all of you all. I'm Mike the Baptist, and uh, we're going to do another podcast program for you right here, right now. I'm excited about the Sunday, this Sunday live thing. It's actually not going to be broadcast live because I do not trust the men at this table. <laughs> but it is going to be taped live. It's going to be taped live, so there'll be a live studio audience. Oh, we and need it. So. We don't want one of those uh, Janet Jackson Super Bowl halftime moments. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I thought you were going to say something like Milli Vanilli, but right, you no. went the other way. Yeah, I did. Either one. We date ourselves. Either one, yes. Yeah. Uh, either way, uh, we're going to try to avoid those sort of mishaps. But looking forward to it. And um, I was going somewhere with that, and then I totally <laughs> forgot. Oh, well, you're excited about Sunday. Well, I am. Uh, one of the reasons I'm excited about it is because uh, I'm aware that there are a few people that we know personally that still don't know about this thing that we've been doing. So I'm, I'm excited that they're going to come and see it. Uh, live, and then I hope they get interested and start watching and listening. Uh, I think I've determined that uh, we're going to have the ushers uh, take the 1.5ers, who are the people that speed this podcast up to listen to it faster. <laughs> we're going to sit them all in the back so they can get out of there as quick as it's over because I know they'll be in a hurry. And then the people that take their time and enjoy it, we're going to put them up front. Shouldn't you put them up front so that it'll come quicker to them? I mean, the further back. Oh, the audio, yeah. Yeah, the audio takes longer to get there. We'll do a test okay. on Saturday morning early and see how that works out. But anyway, uh, com. Visit the website. See all the old episodes, the new episodes. Uh, buy you a mug and a T-shirt and help pay the light bill here so we can continue the 
frivolity. Send us an email, uh, comments at MikeTheBaptist.com. I like the emails, so send them. It seems like if I don't chastise people and just say, you need to be sending us an email, they don't send them. So if I really just kind of bear down and say, look, we want, we want to hear from you. Send us an email. We might say your name. Do you have a text option? Huh? Do you have a text option? Oh, not yet, but uh, the capabilities are there to do that. But the, the issue is, uh, since we're doing this live but not live, we have a little bit of a problem of people responding immediately. Mm. Uh, but we do have the capability. We actually have the capability for phone calls, which is extremely dangerous, and I don't yeah. trust Ooh. anybody really that would call. But in the future, we'll see what happens. Uh, we may have to stop the whole thing after this live taping uh, this Sunday. We'll, we'll see what happens after that. But anyway, send us an email and uh, give us some comments, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which is why it's, it's, it's labeled comments at MikeTheBaptist.com. I'm just saying. Well, that's logical. Isn't it? Yep. I just realized that here recently myself. You know, before we talk about serious things, which we do and we will later on, uh, well, this is serious, too. I like to have a front porch visit. You know, I'm a big uh, proponent of bringing back the people visiting, just sitting around visiting. We don't really have a front porch here, but you get it. I mean, you'll hear the little sound effect here in just a second and sound like people going out on the front porch. That's what that's all about. You probably knew that. Uh, today on the front porch, uh, which which also, by the way, is a, is a way to uh, get to know preacher-type people better on a human level and – I will let you guys know that I hear that regularly from people that enjoy this now because of getting to know you guys off stage. I hear this regularly. I don't know if they're telling you that, but they tell me that. So it's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. So we're going to keep doing it. Today on the front porch, uh, I would like to talk about things that we did with our first cousins as kids. You know, when you're a kid... Now, me, I was, I was raised in uh, northwest Arkansas, up in the Ozarks, and some of my uh, aunts and uncles moved off to Little Rock two hours away. Some moved to Texas eight hours away. Some were in Missouri. But once in a while, they would all come to our hometown, which is where the whole thing started, and the first cousins would get together. And I don't know what happened in you all's experience, but even if they're local, I know that first cousins are kind of a unique relationship. You're kind of like a brother, but you're not. You're kind of like a brother and sister to those people, but you can send them home. I guess it's kind of how that works. But <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that's what I'd like to talk about today. Uh, Coons, let's start with you. Okay. So uh, two different avenues there for me because my dad was the baby of the family by like 20 years from his oldest sibling. And my mother was the oldest by several years on her side. So I have cousins that are... 10 years plus older than me, 20 years older than me on dad's side. And then on the other side, some that are quite a bit younger than me. Hmm. So uh, we'd always uh, be in Tennessee for our 4th of July uh, family reunions. And when we'd get together with all the cousins, and there'd be dozens of us uh, at these family reunions. Uh, the things that we would do there, we were always at the swimming pool because one of my aunts had the nice in-ground swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would Fourth of July, we'd always have a whole lot of fireworks, and we were shooting things off for a long period of time with that. And then uh, my uncle that had the swimming pool, he also had a pinball machine 
out in the garage. So that was a hoot. You know, we had a lot of fun stuff. When That's we'd, big time. It was. I mean, it was pinball. He was a he was a high roller. You know, so it was a <laughs> swimming pool and pinball. That's right. We we were driving around in a Ford Escort from Indiana. You know. <laughs> To get there to play with those things, <laughs> you know. Uh, then on the other side of the family, uh, what we would usually do: uh, watch NASCAR or go to their NASCAR races in uh, Talladega. Uh, we'd go there some, or uh, Atlanta. We I went with some cousins there a couple of times, so a little bit more low key watching or going to a race. Uh, do you remember what the pinball game was? Ooh, no, I don't. I'll have to ping some of my uh, my cousins and see if they could remember what that one was. So that was pretty much it for uh, for us. You know, we uh, that side of the family just kind of hung out, yep. watched NASCAR races. Might go to one every once in a while, but <clears throat> so pretty low key stuff. So did uh, uh, did you and your cousins do anything like mean? Like, no, you know, we like, weren't. We didn't get to hang around each other long enough to get into real trouble. So you were just nice and polite when you did see them. Yeah, yeah. you know. We go to the arcade or something, but when you only got to see each other a couple of times a year, yeah, you didn't get into much mischief. Wanna, yeah, we tied each other up and rolled them off bales of hay and stuff. And, <laughs> no. But we saw each other a lot, so <laughs> yeah, no, we never got to that point. Okay, well, so you had <laughs> you had a roll in the hay with your cousins? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yeah, but uh, technically, <laughs> technically, I was okay. Yeah. Hey, Neil. Yeah. Can you tell us about getting together with your first cousins, like, pretty sure. quick? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mostly holidays, so Christmas and Thanksgiving and things like that. But uh, but the fun times were not the holidays when the whole family wasn't around. And I never got to really get, like, dirty, dirty, filthy, dirty playing outside. Mm-hmm. And my cousins knew that, and they always used to laugh about it. So we'd go play in the mud. <laughs> it's just then, like your mom didn't want you to do that, right? Okay. Right. So when she's not around, we go play in the mud and out. In the, they they had a farm, right. so we were out in the field just digging and having a good time. They're the ones that introduced me to uh, M80s, and you know, an M80 under a, those big garbage cans that are plastic ones. Oh yeah. You turn one of those upside down and throw an M80 under it, and it'll fly. It'll send it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Kids don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Well, not, I don't know. Not endorsed by MTB. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, this is a TV 14 rating. Right. Uh, your cousins, did they live there where you did? Um, yeah, they were close, but like 30 miles. Something yeah, like that. That's so not close. too far. Yeah. And then the other ones lived farther away. And we'd, yeah, playing with Hot Wheels, doing stuff like that. Uh. Coots said he had a wide spread of ages. Was yours pretty close to yeah. you, or were they the, the one? The one contingent was all older, hmm. and then the other one, I was the old one, and they were the the younger ones. So, really? Yes. So, like in, yeah. uh, I know with my first cousins, there was like one that I would always team up with when they showed up, mm-hmm. and we were always like kind of yep. a team. And then my brother teamed up with his brother, and so where did you have that kind of a deal? I did. I had one in particular that's. Uh, He's younger than me, but he was lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. And we always had good conversations. We both liked Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, he, worked, <laughs> he worked for the NSA for a little while, but I can't talk about that. 
Exactly. So, so he was not like a lieutenant when he was like 12. You're talking about like oh, – No, no. When he was 12, though. That, that, is, that is really weird. That, mm, how did that My happen? brain works. Like, did, did, yours was, happen? did that happen Yeah, I was too? like, dang, how old was he when he joined? Well, I was picking, wow. you know, because I was imagining all of us, you know, being 10 or 12 out playing, and, and he said he was a lieutenant <laughs> colonel. Lieutenant colonel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay, so this yeah. was uh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, back yeah. home again. I guess yours was Virginia. Yeah, yours Virginia. You're not from Virginia. Why do I keep thinking you're from Virginia? Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, that's where they were all. I thought you were from. I I lived in Indiana growing up. This is all confusing. All the the Kuntzes, all the Kuntzes are from Knoxville or the surrounding areas. So that's where we would always go back to. Oh, okay. We were were the outcasts that moved away. (laughs) Well, I understand that. A lot of people where I'm from, Arkansas, uh, are people that lived out here somewhere but they like kill somebody and then one of them moved out there that did the killing and changed their name yeah it happened so we're all kind of descendants of somebody else yeah i don't know this for a fact it's just a thought now, speaking of thought uh hd <laughs> i'm so confused just to hear like, what I'm you sorry. and your first cousins might have used to do back in the day do you have any stories for well, us you, you give a definition of who first cousins are First cousins are those people that will show up to your parents' funeral, but they're just not in the wheel. Do you, I mean, that's you're pretty close. close. Yeah, yeah you're close, you're close to you're, them. You're close, but just not that close. Exactly. So uh, on my mom's side of the family, like I was the oldest. So when we were with them, I was babysitting. Not a whole lot of funny. Although one of them threw up on me one time and like mm-hmm. just doused me. I was like, I'm never having kids. Um, <laughs> but on the Jones side, we were all like stair steps. I mean, like literally just a year or two apart. And there was, we were the magnificent seven, and uh, we just we just get in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. And we'd get together. I remember for some reason Nerf football was a big thing for us mm-hmm. boys, girls, everybody. We just went outside and played Nerf football, you know. And it wasn't a game until somebody cried, and then. They had this old apple tree, and I remember picking up apples and throwing them at each other, and you know. And then one of my cousins decided that he really liked apples, and he ate like two or three of them, Uh-oh. and blew his britches off. Man, I mean, it, it was one of those, you know, it's like Mama stripped him down and just hosed him outside because he just it, it just worked its magic, you know. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. It worked yeah, its magic. It worked its magic. Yeah. So uh, was yeah. this on the uh, Jones on the land Jones. side? Oh yeah, over in Greenbrier. Yeah, right there in front of my granddad's house. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was always mad because he wanted to pick the apples and dry the apples, and yeah, we just wanted to throw them at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly where to go with all that. I know, right? But, You're welcome. So this was uh, uh like I, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> Tell us about yours, Jackson. <laughs> uh, well, you know, in re- in relation to the eating, you know, I was telling you about tying somebody up, rolling them off a uh, hey, there. Hey. Yeah, my great granddad had this uh, flatbed trailer, a big semi-type flatbed trailer over. I guess he'd gotten a load of hay, <clears throat> which is why there wasn't hay bales still on it, but there's hay, there's hay. straw all over there. But uh, you know, I was raised. By my grandparents. So all the first cousins came to my house. When they came into town, that's where they came, to my place. And so we would – we were all pretty close. I think all my my mother's sisters just were busy at the same time or something because we were all kind of close to the same age. 
and there was quite a few of us when we all got together, but <laughs> it wasn't a real saying? wide range. <laughs> it's a strange day. But anyway, well, one time we, we all got together. We we liked to chase lightning bugs, and then, but we would mash them all over our blue jeans. You ever do that? We'd nope. catch lightning mm-hmm. bugs, and then we would mash them and smear them up your blue jeans, and then you'd have this glow-in-the-dark smear no, we always put them in a jar, a jar and made a nightlight out of them yeah we did that too but it was more fun sometimes just to smash one you know kind of cruel but yeah yeah they, they did stink uh and june bugs we we would catch june bugs time on a string you ever do that mm-hmm. yeah yeah we yeah. did that at our family reunions every year well not every year well now see there's that. a whole different story east tennessee right <laughs> east tennessee so anyway we were all gathered up there uh one summer and my great-grandparents lived about a mile down a dirt road from from where i grew up there and we would all go down there because because they had rabbits they raised rabbits commercially so they had rabbits huge chicken coops cattle pigs it was just this big farm with all kinds of stuff going on we would all venture down there and get into all kinds of chaos we were down there all of us uh one time the whole tribe out there creating chaos well if you showed any sign of weakness in these gangs, everybody would turn on you. The whole, I mean, it was a free-for-all. I must have shown a little weakness that day because I wound up with my hands tied behind my back and my feet tied together, laying up on this uh, semi-trailer bed of, of hay. And somebody, I think it was my brother Rick, rolled me off of it. And so you can't stop your fall with your hands tied and your feet tied. Mm. And I was really, really mad, and I don't, I don't remember what happened after that. I couldn't do anything to him. But then the same day, we wound up back at uh, my place where just before dark, uh, one of that tribe force-fed one of those little hot uh, – what's that really hot little pepper? The Ghost uh, pepper? It may have been ghost. It's one of those really Scotch tiny bonnet. tiny green – Just really. but anyway, one of them mm. force-fed one of the other kids that. I don't even remember which kid it was, but – they were crying and snotting and coughing and hacking and running all over the place. It was just a chaos, but that's what we did when we got together. <laughs> we tortured each other. We tortured each other. And uh, my cousin Renee, she liked to shoot the cattle in the rear end with one of our BB guns. That's one of her hobbies when she would come. Mm-hmm. She would shoot the cattle. Did good shot? She was a good shot because she, yep, she could center them. So, <laughs> so did a BB even affect a, a cow? Oh, they would get there. Well, where she would shoot them, it would. <laughs> because it would. Uh, Never mind. It would, get, it would utterly, get your attention. That's too. utterly ridiculous. Yeah, she, she would do that. Let's move along. Her uh, husband, who was a boyfriend, uh, he started coming up from Texas when they started dating. And so he came up, they dated several years before they married, but he was like a member of the family already before they married. But he was up there one time when we all got the BB guns out and he felt bad about this for years and years. He may still feel bad about it, but he was out in the front yard and I'm obviously Renee had handed the BB gun to him and he shot a rock out uh, going off our driveway to the highway and hit that rock and came back and made a hole in the picture window. We had one of those big glass picture windows they used to have in houses, and it was right where my grandmother would sit and, and watch the highway. She wasn't in there, but so to this day, there's a little BB hole in that picture window. That's Richard's. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, it's not as exciting as yours, H, but they never are. Uh, but anyway, thanks for sharing. First Cousins. I hope you too, listening, thought about your first cousins and the trouble that you got into and the things that you've done uh, that you never repented for but still need to. <laughs> I hope we caused a little of that. We're going to wrap it up, come back, talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. Should be a little more serious. No promises, but should be. You'll never hear us say at Mike the Baptist that you need our logo t-shirts or hoodies. Just like you wouldn't hear us say that you need Barry White music. But now that Mike the Baptist has logo coffee mugs, we are a little tempted to point out that coffee would only have to taste better out of something that special or a good hot cocoa or a rich, smooth, cappuccino in one of those brand new 11 or 15 ounce coffee mugs with that warm and inviting Mike the Baptist logo with the fake neon lettering. No, we'll never tell you that you need stuff, but we might remind you that it's not a sin to buy stuff like that and that a little of the money you spend goes toward keeping Mike the Baptist on the air and in your head like a good Barry White album turned up to seven while you do your taxes or trim those hedges. Find out more about the new logo coffee mugs and our t-shirts and hoodies with funny little sayings and our logo at www.mikethebaptist.com forward slash merchandise. Um, when was the first book written? Of the Bible. Does anybody know the first scroll that made it into the canon and all that? Does anybody know? Okay. Some, some people we, think Job was one of the first <coughs> written down. Really? Yeah. And who before, wrote the book? Before Genesis. Who wrote that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or do we even so, know who wrote that? Well, Job? I mean, we don't necessarily know who the author is, but it has a similar feeling of writing and stuff as Genesis, Exodus, mm-hmm. Leviticus. So they think that Job may be one of the one of the early. So are we even clear who wrote those first ones, or is it kind of? They're attri- uh, the first five are attributed to Moses. Moses. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that he, any, either way, do we know any idea of when? Is In the galaxy? Of, far, far. <laughs> no, it was a long, a long time ago. But obviously... <laughs> He wasn't an eyewitness to all those things. Right. Yeah. It was God revealed those things to him. Well, the reason I ask is because I always like to talk about the Bible before we talk about it because it's such a it's an amazing written thing. And I was just thinking uh, about how long it's been here, you know, because it started out people just passing things down and writing it on skins right. and what have you. And it, so it's amazing that a lot of that even lasted and made it. And then now, now we have this uh, great book that's just chock full of all kinds of great things that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he chose to have people write it down. They wrote it down. And I think it's great that we can now sit at a table and talk to somebody over their phone or wherever they are uh, about the things that are in that Bible all these years later. It's a fascinating thing that when that, when that was uh, originally started – there was integrity to a person's word and they wouldn't lie, you know, and it was, it was a big deal 
to be able to pass that down or pass that along to someone else. Accurately. And you made sure that you said exactly the right things. Um, and culturally, a person's word, you could take a person at their word and believe what they told you because they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't they wouldn't, it wouldn't be accurate about as, it. As scribes were making copies, they literally would, somebody would read the word, you're writing the word, and then you would read back the words that you had just written, mm-hmm. and they would read it on the original text to make sure there was a whole lot of integrity in the way. And right. and being a scribe was considered one of the upper echelon jobs. It would mm-hmm. be almost like an attorney or a lawyer, uh, a judge, something like that mm-hmm. in our world today, because it was the word of God, and there was a lot of um, there was a lot of preparation in how it was documented and passed down. The other thing that I think is interesting, uh, as especially as we look at the Old Testament, because it is so ancient, it's an ancient document, and a lot of people question, well, do we know who wrote this and do we know who wrote that? Well, one of the things we know for a fact, Jesus held those in his hand when he walked on the planet, and he never discounted that these were Moses's words that I give you the sign of Jonah that before Abraham was I am so he he acknowledged the scriptures and held them up and he would have been holding uh, handwritten scrolls yeah wouldn't mm-hmm. he yeah that's pretty fascinating too okay well I just like to talk about the Bible and that was unexpected uh, but it was good so we'll turn this part over to the preachers now y'all carry on the discussion from there so, Jackson, you uh, you kind of took us to the beginning, or what we consider the beginning of, of the Bible, and we are going to move to what we call the, the end of the Bible with the book of Revelation. And we know that that was written around a couple thousand years ago and uh, written by uh, John. And we are, uh, we've are we been talking about the book of Revelation for a couple of weeks now, I think, and we're getting into uh, uh, the, the fourth chapter of it now. And when you come into this chapter, you start seeing descriptors of God. Uh, some of the, the descriptors uh, that are given to us are uh, royalty, God is royal, majesty, uh, God is powerful. And we know that that's just touching the surface of how we could describe our God, and we could never fully describe him. But just of those things like majesty, royalty, uh, his power, powerful, uh, sometimes we don't really give it the, the reverence that we should about all these qualities that God is. And we, we might forget about you know, maybe you know, how royal God is or how majestic he is or how powerful he is. Uh, and we just talked about this in our small group uh, uh, over coffee just the other day. And... Y'all kind of give me your take are, of some of those descriptors. Are there some that are one of those that maybe you don't ponder or think about uh, enough? Uh, or maybe uh, you think about more than the others. Uh, like for me, um, I, I kind of get stuck on the majesty uh, of God uh, or his, well, maybe his royalty. Uh, same thing. Uh, because God is so much greater uh, than we are. And I've got this... Uh, I don't want to call it a blind faith, but I just have this faith that I know God's going to take care of things because he is so much greater than me. And in my own personal 
life and testimony, I just I just stand amazed as I look back through my own life and see how God has directed mm-hmm. my life. At times that I thought it was absolutely terrible, and I look back at how God used this entire journey to get me to to today, and it's all because He is so much greater uh, than we are, and uh, so that's that's one that I kind of think about. Uh, a lot, and I guess power would go along with that because he is in control of everything. But y'all have some thoughts on that or one that sticks out to you more than the others? I'd have a hard time choosing one. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, all of those those titles and those ascriptions of who God is that are in Scripture, um, you think about he's omnipresent, omnipotent. Uh, what's the other one? Omniscient. Thank you. All-knowing. Um, those kind of encompass all of those things. And it's such a, God is beyond our, we want to put him in a box. We want to know how he's going to respond. We want to know, we want to control him, I think. I think that's kind of a, that's a problem, is I want to control God. I want him to respond the way that I want him to respond. And all of those, those titles and ascriptions and the, uh, just the the picture that it paints of who he is is just it's impossible to to grasp hold of and to grab a hold of any one of those ties it to another one for me right. anyway it kind of does that and I think about uh, somebody asked me a while ago so in heaven all we're going to do is sing holy 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 all the time that's all we're going to do and. As I studied that part of the scripture, you know, the the angels are bowing down, and every time they come back up, they say, holy, 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 you know, Lord God Almighty, and they see a different thing. It's like if you you look at a diamond and all the facets in the diamond, and you turn it just a quarter of an inch, and the light hits it differently, and that's God, because there are so many facets to who he is. Um I'm overwhelmed, and so they've got something. You know, the angels have something fresh to worship. Perspective-wise, they get another perspective of who he is every time they they yeah. bow down and they come back up. They see another. You said a key word there. That you're overwhelmed. Yes, and uh, you know, I think we're not overwhelmed enough because we don't sit and dwell on these things really like I think we probably should, and mm-hmm. because it should just just blow our our, our minds nonstop about how amazing he is and I think, how deep he is. You know, and culturally, I think we're at a place where so many people view um, God or Jesus as our buddy. Mm. You know, you put your arm around him, and he's like, oh, he's my good buddy. There's an aspect of him that is that, but that's not that's not as all-encompassing as the picture that we get when we read mm-hmm. Revelation like that. Yeah, that, it's, it's all of that and more, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was thinking just... A few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to go to the Grand Ole Opry, and we were backstage. Well, in the dressing room right beside ours was Vince Gill. On the other side was the Isaacs. Well, these are people that tremendous talents. And I was watching them interact with people backstage, and it was very casual. It was very – but then they stepped out on stage. And I'm telling you, Vince Gill – still has a great voice. He oh, didn't yeah. need backup singers and he didn't need a guitar player and he didn't need he just sang. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. played his little guitar yeah. and sang and hit all those same notes that you hear on the radio. And there's this awe and this majesty. And yet backstage, he was very casual and conversational. And so I think God is all of those things. And in my moments when, when I'm struggling, we can cry out, Abba Father, mm-hmm. crawl up in his lap like a daddy. But at the same time, we don't need to forget that just because we are in a casual relationship and just because we have the right to call you Abba Father doesn't mean we shouldn't cry out, you know, holy, mm-hmm. holy, holy, and and recognize his uh, power and his position and all of those things. And it, it is it is overwhelming. I, I think we we have a hard time uh, figuring out how he's all of those things, but he is. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's one of the things too. If you look at at architecture, that's fascinating to me um, about uh, basilicas. I don't know if you've ever been in a basilica. Yes, but they're to great, s- great they're, to go in, and they're trying to <clears throat> they're trying to convey and lift it up visually. That's it. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to convey visually this who God is, and one of the specific designs in cathedral typically is that the congregation is not close to the altar. They're back away from it. So it's not accessible. You know, it's not easily approachable. Um, but that's another, that's a whole different realm. But <laughs> And again, culturally speaking, we're so casual about everything. You know? Yes. I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember first time riding an airplane, my dad would have a coat on and mm-hmm. a tie. Oh yeah, it was Sunday Sunday best, you yeah. know. And today, people look like they fell out of their bed and yeah, didn't, they're literally wearing pajamas. Didn't now, even literally. didn't even yeah. bathe, yeah. you know. And they're getting on the airplane, but um, you know, again, God God wants us wants us to have this casual relationship with Him, but also wants us to understand His His Majesty. And uh, I think that's that blows your doors off sometimes when you think about that. Right. When you're talking about basilicas and stuff. So all these Baptists that are sitting in the back row, they're actually just good Catholics. <laughs> That's, that makes all kinds of sense now. Okay. Good perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> We've been wow. making fun about these people sitting on the back row, and they just realize Intriguing. they're just not worthy. They're actually yeah. higher and holier than you. Yeah, right. Back there on there. Our, you know, our cultural perspective, too, is different in that, you know, I think about our new facility, and it's um, – it's more open, and we don't walk into it with a sense of reverence. I'm, I don't mean that for everybody. Right. But I think the common cultural perspective is it's designed to be a place of reverence. It's designed to be a place where that you can focus on things. And we walk in with our beverages and, you know, our, I've, I've noticed people shopping on their phones what? during – during the during pastor's the message, they're, yeah. looking, they're trying to look up a good message. Yes. <laughs> looking up scripture what did Adrian, on Amazon. What did Adrian Rogers say about on, this? Uh, but yeah. again, in that culture, in Jesus's day, and we don't think about this. You know, we are so open. You know, open door policy, open right. door. You know, sunshine laws. Everything is open, and you can come in and look. And you right. know, bless their hearts, my kids and my grandkids. You know, I'm the pastor. And I could be in there counseling somebody, but they don't see any problem at all just busting in my office, yep. even if the door's shut, busting in the office. <laughs> hey, Papa, you know. And so they don't get that. But in Jesus' day, 
You yeah. did not go into the presence of a man, the senior man. You did not go into his presence and crawl up in his lap and ask him questions. Where's the milk and cookies? He invited you in or you didn't come in at all. Mm. And that's why, you know, uh, when Jesus tells the story of the father who ran after the prodigal, that was kind of unheard of. It was undignified. Yes. Yeah. In their culture. Yeah. So he is the God who runs after us, but he is also the God who sits on a throne high and lifted up. And right. This this is the reason I've been so silent during this part of this conversation is when you start asking about, I guess, words. About describe I I don't think I can. I, I really don't think I can because I you know I'm not real churchy. What what? <clears throat> but when in this particular conversation when it comes up I I don't feel like I have words and I I have a lot of words but I don't feel like I got words to explain uh, in my head who he is or what he is. Well, you know I've said before mm-hmm. I'm a little uncomfortable with calling him my friend. Right, I'm going like, yeah, but <laughs> that's just me. That's just me. I'm I'm not traditionally really close to people though, so I probably relate to that a little different than than some do. But I, I really I really can't explain the way I think about God. I mean, I can't I can't describe it. I can't mm-hmm. explain it. Well, and the you know the opposite side of that is once you start, where do you stop? God, I mean, they're just. Yeah, so many things to, that, yeah. and it doesn't. Just like the diamond, it doesn't stop. You, you just keep finding more and more. Well, that's a good thing, though. Absolutely, it it kind of keeps you, I guess, uh, longing for him or trying to understand. There's something so much better than us. Something so much oh, yeah. better than anything we've experienced uh, in this world. Well, I'll tell you what, too. Uh, once you realize that, it's it's uh, it takes a lot of stress off of you mm-hmm. yeah we when just you realize, remember it yeah when you we realize that you, you you don't have to figure it all out it's been figured out you just gotta uh eh, church word you got follow. you just gotta have faith follow yeah follow and well that's a church word too no it's not that's too faith and follow yeah you're not a churchy word so you're gonna bleep out all our f words just the follow <laughs> faith and follow okay <laughs> and friend, he don't like friend either. What kind of show is this? We can't use the F word. Forgiveness. That's a hard. That's a hard edit right there. <laughs> but I don't remember where we were. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh yeah. You just got to believe that he is. Uh, I guess who you think he is in your in a in a reverent way, and then carry on as though he's got it covered. I don't know if that made sense, but. I, I I don't I'm not adequate to have this discussion. I just can't. A man of words, and I can't find words to explain the way I think about that. There is no other being <clears throat> that is comparable at all, and all we can do is compare aspects and and portions and pieces. But there's no way to express who he is. That makes sense. That's I why mean, I'm having trouble. Exp- how do you express I am? Yeah, when when that was said, I mean that's like way beyond. That was mic drop. What I can think. <laughs> yeah, that's I right. mean, okay. <laughs> I, want to do that someday. Yeah. I don't have a smart aleck come back for that one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. All right, I didn't mean to hijack that, but I just. It's good. It's all right. I never know where to drop in on this particular conversation because I just don't. 
I know, you know, in church, when you're in church and you're in your connect or Sunday school or your small group or whatever you get together, you know, you want to be able to have an answer. You know, you want to participate in conversation. But this particular place, I can never really come up with the right thing right here, which I'm doing an excellent job of not doing it right here again. (laughs) Anyway. So I have a question. In the same area in Scripture, it talks about, uh, we're talking about the scroll, and there's a phrase that says uh, that John wept because no one was worthy to open the scroll. So why is John feeling compelled to weep? Can you explain that? My understanding has always been, of course, you got to realize John's on the Isle of Patmos. Mm-hmm. He's also the last apostle left. He's being uh, terrorized, made fun of, and he had been made a promise. I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. Mm. And so the book of Revelation starts with, Jesus basically says, I want you to write what was. That was John's experience walking with Jesus. Now I want you to write what is. That's the current age. And I want you to write what is to come. So I believe, dismiss me, when we see Revelation chapter 5, John has a vision in heaven. And I believe this scroll is um, the final act. It's the the, uh, wrath of God being poured out upon Mm -hmm. the earth. And... There's no one worthy to take the scroll. And in some ways, John is like, so our suffering never ends. Uh, I am stuck in this world, and it never stops. Have mercy, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's why he's crying. Yeah, he's he's on this journey, Mm -hmm. and we're we're walking with him in this journey. And at that portion of the scripture, he's he's having this moment of crisis. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, no, where's our hope at? Yep. But then we get to keep reading, and we find out, oh, there is hope. But at that moment, he's like, man, I'm devastated because yep. <laughs> uh, I don't know what we're going to do now. Yep. And, again, yep. all we have are earthly comparisons. But I've seen people who've gone through cancer, and kind of that first go around, they're gung-ho. Maybe it's breast cancer or uh, you know, something like that, and they're gung ho. I'm go- I'm going to do the surgeries. I'm going to take the chemo. I'm going to beat this thing, and then they get to the end of their treatments, and the doctor looks at them and says, "You're clear." And all of a sudden, they start living life again. But then, when that second diagnosis comes along, the cancer's back. You can almost see them just, "I can't do this anymore." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's my hope at? I can't do this again, mm-hmm. you know. And I kind of—that's kind of how I feel about John. He's like, I've done it this long, but I'm tired. And I got Jesus, please just come on back and let's be done with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I see there. Yeah. But yeah, there is Makes hope sense. in it. Yeah. yeah, there's hope in it because he is worthy right. to take up the scroll. Yeah, yeah. and and that's that's the joy for us as well because. Uh, we're getting to, to read the entire story. You know, we, we have it all yeah. in print for us. We get to see it all beginning to end and stuff, you know, and we're not walking that journey as it's being revealed to him. You know, we've got it all already written out for us. I'm just, I just kind of put myself, try to put myself in his place of what he was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, 
man, just the ups and downs that we have in life, you know, with you know sorrows that we have. Yeah. But then what he was going through, and then he's he's looking at this about all of creation, <laughs> every being to ever exist. This is impacting them. It's mm-hmm. not just one person that's dealing with with a cancer. This is everybody that's ever existed. What a roller coaster! Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. These two chapters are just really intriguing because I think it shows that there's this worship going on in heaven all along. Um, we know all through Scripture we're called to worship Him. Uh, actually, back in an Old Testament book, a prophet by the name of Amos basically talks about kind of in the middle of the monarchy. So this is not at the beginning of the monarchy of Israel or at the end, but sort of in the middle he talks about this idea that God is not happy with Israel's worship because it has just become noise. And that should cause us to pause and say, how is our worship? And again, this is not you leading worship or me leading worship, Mm -hmm. but this is our thoughts. Right. How do we come prepared to whatever church we go to, or how do we become prepared every day that we wake up? You know, we have these funny little sayings. Oh, that's a good day. I'm above ground. Well, well is it? Is it? Could, <laughs> Are you? Could, as, a, as a Christian, could it could be, be a, better. It could be a better day, right? Yeah. You could be there could with be him. With Jesus right now. But it's a good day no matter what if you're with him. And so right. how do we – I guess that's the way I want to think about that. How do we keep our worship forefront and relevant and not just become – Something we do out of normalcy, uh, just complacent, I guess. Routine. Checking that box, yeah. Well, people like to plan. And it's like when, you know, the couple of Sundays when we've moved things around uh, for various reasons. But one is I, I pray that the congregation never goes into autopilot. Right. And I know I've got a tendency to do that if I'm following a particular person that I want to listen to. And they typically do, you know, whatever it is, three songs, four songs, and then they have the offering, and then the preacher speaks, and then there's a call to, or there's a uh, invitation at the end of it. But there's not, uh, there's not a reason to do that. And if you have a reason to do that, that's fine. But it's like I grew up, I grew up saying the Lord's prayer every Sunday, and it wasn't long. I memorize it pretty quickly and then once it's memorized the words just come out of your mouth and do you keep thinking about them or not and that's a reason that i would prefer not to do the liturgical thing the same every week right uh it needs to be fresh so i'm not sure how you keep that you know you have to be at that place where you understand that worship is not the words worship and music are not the same Music can be worship, but worship is so much larger than that. Um, and it's like I'll encourage the the uh, people that are participate in the music part of the the service to be worshiping on their way as they drive on Sunday morning. Worship doesn't begin at ten o'clock on Sunday morning; it's continual, and you see that in Revelation. It's all the time; it's ongoing. It doesn't just. It's not Wednesday night. It's not Sunday morning. It's all the time. And we always drop in. I think about uh, the very first time I realized hearing the birds when the sun comes up. 
and it starts out, it's really quiet, and as the sun gets brighter and brighter, the birds get light. I don't know if you've ever done that or not, but you intentionally sit and listen to it, and the birds get to this crescendo where they're really loud, and the sun comes up, and that's that's they're worshiping. Nature is worshiping all of the time, and all we're doing on Sunday morning is dropping in to the rest of creation that's participating in that. Um, so we need to be conscious of it. Did I answer what you were asking? Well, that's good. But how do we keep it from being noise? Well, and, right. And, well, and, he, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what you're saying is is, is right on because uh, it's a personal responsibility mm-hmm. uh, of us. It's it's not as the worship pastor of the church. It's not your responsibility to make sure that it's not all noise out there because the worship is the is the combination of everybody coming in together that makes up the church. I have a responsibility for Michael, and Michael has to have his heart ready to worship. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I should be worshiping throughout the week. And then when I get to come with my church family on Sunday morning together, and there are hundreds of us here, and we should feed off. I mean, that should really just amp it up and, and take it to the mm-hmm. next level. Mm-hmm. And But if Michael hasn't done his part, if Michael's heart is not right, then, yeah, I'm coming in and I'm singing. And I'm just making noise. And God does not want, that's not what he wants at all. Mm-hmm. He wants my heart in the worship the right way. And that's how we keep it from becoming noise, I think. Uh, Neil said something that interested me because uh, I, I was thinking about, and I'll talk about this in just a second about the Lord's Prayer. I was thinking about that, but then you start talking about the birds. Mm-hmm. And the birds are just noise until you stop and pay attention to what's going on there. And like you said, I'm a big uh, fan of just sitting out in nature and just listening. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you listen, like like you were saying, and you realize that it's not just a bird there at the tree beside you, but there's some miles away you're hearing, and then you're hearing this huge concert of that natural noise, and it means more when you when you start uh, thinking in terms of what that really is and what's going on around you. And it's not noise anymore. It has mm-hmm. meaning. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, uh, the Lord's Prayer was something I, I realized that I had, I guess, said and read and all that. But I never really – it was a little bit Greek to me, the meaning and all. And I spent a good amount of time daily just saying one phrase of that at a time. And when I would say the one phrase, I would stop and really think about that phrase mm-hmm. and what it meant. And it took – a long time to go through the Lord's Prayer. But what that did to me after about a year's time is now when, when I think about that uh, Lord's Prayer, that, that written thing, or or say it to myself, which I do a lot at night before I go to bed, just to refresh in my head. If you take that thing and just go a few words at a time and really break it down and think about what that's saying, that becomes something totally different. Mm-hmm. It becomes a... a a whole different thing than just this thing that you recite and move on. And that you made me think of that when you were uh, – well, I was thinking about it, but when you talk about the birds, it's the same thing. There's one of the um, aspects of when you study spiritual formation and the uh, uh, the practices uh, of prayer and all, all of those things. There's one that was a um, – it's a thing called Lecto Divina. And what it is is focusing on a single passage, not a paragraph, not a whole chapter, but focusing on a single passage at a time. 
and meditating on that or ruminating, if you want to say that. I'll do that. Um, Lecto, Dolingo, Divina. Yeah, I do that a lot just outside, just the one thing. Yeah. I, I got close. Man. What did I say? Lecto? I'm no. not sure. <laughs> it wasn't what It you was said. a dingo something. Maybe the dingo ate you, baby. Say it again, the real word. Lecto Divina. Okay, now you can carry on. I'm out of the way. I now. hope I'm right. <laughs> you said it with confidence. Our listening yeah. audience will have no clue. <laughs> they're not, yeah, not going to look at it. They're not going to have any clue. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, for us sometimes on staff, and this is not for anybody to feel sorry for us, but because you're so much responsible for things, trying to catch things to not be a deterrent mm-hmm. to worship. You know, if the music's too loud, if, you know, if I mispronounce words or, you know, get lost in a story, you know, so we're really responsible for helping to lead in worship. But I'm always amazed at those moments when God interrupts my space and you have a worship experience. And it's usually in the most unlikely of circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember riding down the road one day and just having this conversation with God and all of a sudden, I had to pull off. I just had to pull off the road because I was in tears. Mm-hmm. And it was not because of what I was saying to him, but what he was saying to me. And I was like, oh, I felt about this big. You know, I, I felt yeah. so small, but it was comforting. It wasn't, it wasn't a fear. It was this comfort, you know. And I was like, wow, we really do serve a big God. Um, several years ago, I went to the Billy Graham Cove and wasn't having a bad time in my ministry. I was just there to do a little renewal weekend went they started singing i'm sitting there in tears and my wife's looking at me like are you having a nervous breakdown you know that's you always worried about the preachers like are you having a nervous breakdown are you fixing to quit and i'm like i don't know why i'm crying i'm i'm good i'm good in my marriage i'm good in my job my kids are okay i'm not sad it's just this i guess because i didn't have to be on and mm-hmm. I could just sit there and, and worship. And worship. And, yeah, we were just talking yeah. about that. Was it today or yesterday or something mm-hmm. about you know because of what is required of us, yeah. we miss out on being able to worship yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, gotta check the air conditioners. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's broken around the church? Yeah. You know, things like that. But when we get to oh man, it's a difficult thing to to help people understand that worship. Um, what we come and bring to the table, uh, as minimal as it is, is not for us. It's for God. Mm-hmm. And none of us are worthy. It doesn't matter how much we practice, um, whatever we're doing, it's for God. And it's not, it's very frustrating when, you know, maybe somebody comments and says, well, you didn't do my favorite, blah, blah, blah. I just hope it's God's favorite. You know, that to me, that's what we're supposed to be doing there. And that gets said every once in a while to the congregation is the worship team is not just these people up here that know which songs are coming next. It's everybody in this room. And uh, Kierkegaard said, um, we serve an audience of one. Mm. And the the point of that is this is not for us. This is not about us. This is about him. And I almost went, this is about him, but I don't know that he's up there. I know he's everywhere. So, okay. Zip. No, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> awesome. I guess the, you know, the big picture in all this is, one, we've been invited to worship. Mm. 
I love where John says, and I was invited, come up here, come up here. God invites us into his presence. Yes. We don't we don't bang on the door and, and rush in like we're at a concert. Mm-hmm. He's invited us to come. Therefore, we should take it serious and feel privileged to do exactly what John saw. We can do that now. We'll struggle because of our sin nature, but we can practice because one day we'll do it for the fullness thereof. Mm. But the good thing is there is a God out there who wants us to be in his presence. And he doesn't ask us to worship him because he's an egomaniac. He asks us to worship him because he's the only one worthy to be worshiped. And it's what we were right. created for. Yep. Here's a thought. Yes. I don't think he's out there. I think he's right here. Yes. I think he's tap yes. you on the arm right yes. here and say, uh, yes. I'm Absolutely. right here. Absolutely. And so to me, it's like when we become aware, I guess, of where he is, it stops you in your tracks, or it does me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still think the only thing that's separating us from him right now is their physical, you know, your senses, that's well, personally. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, literally, it's, it's literally it's right there. Because Paul says we fight, we, we're fighting against things unseen. Yes. Oh, he just texted me. I felt it buzz in my pocket. <laughs> He's sending me. I'm, I'll read that during the break. I'm sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. That's all right. No, but I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It's, you know, salvation is on the tip of your tongue. Right. Jesus told people, today you've come close to the kingdom of God. I mean, it's there. It's all around us. Angels are around. We just don't physically see, physically hear, and understand their presence. Speaking of which, HD, you stepped right in there. Uh, somebody that might be listening to us yes, sir. or watching us right now who's got this nervous feeling about something that's been said right here that's making them a little nervous about, wait a minute, something ain't right here. Could that be that he's tapping them on the arm right there? Yeah, conviction, mm-hmm. conviction is one of those things that we feel. Yeah, and you'll know it when you feel it. I think that's correct. Yeah. So what do you why don't do you talk that? to them? To those people that are feeling that pull over the side of the road, God's trying to talk to you, absolutely, just have that conversation. And I, I would say, yes, in your head, but out loud. You know, God, if you're real, I want to know you. Continue to reveal yourself to me. I'm not finding any joy in this life. I know there has to be more. You know, I think that's what almost every adult knows there has to be something more something else out there because this is good life is good here but man it's so marred with all this stuff and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be uh you don't necessarily have to be at the end of your rope no for that moment to hit you it can be you could be living uh, a really good life but just realize like yeah you can have your belly full and money in your pocket and you go you know this is good but it's got there's got to be something more than this and uh that's in that moment when you just cry out to God. And I don't think there's a magical sentence that you have to say, but just that you want to know him and asking him to reveal himself. And then just be aware. Be aware because he'll put those people around you. He'll give you that scripture. Ask yourself, why are you listening to this podcast? And you don't have to go find a preacher. I didn't. No, absolutely not. I found one after. Yeah. Then I shopped preachers. Yeah. That's a good way to do that. (laughs) That's a joke, sort of. 
That was in the bargain bin, wasn't it? <laughs> Go ahead and well, say it. Well, you know, $2 bin. <laughs> Welcome to the dollar store. <laughs> You're what we got when we turned <laughs> You're up. what we got. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. We t- I love it. We was took uh, we took one in to trade it in. They said, we don't have those anymore, but we got one of these. <laughs> <laughs> We're, out right, of our we'll best. We're out of our best model, but here's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't go exactly uh, where I intended, but. Hey. Hmm. So here's a, here's a neat little caveat, though. Uh, we're all Christian men here and we're laughing and having a big old time yep you could do that because when you get that other pressure off of you back in there uh, you're free to live carry on kind of like the bell on the airplane you know when you you're free to unbuckle and it's not exactly like that but <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of freedom at least a little bit of freedom speaking yeah. of freedom uh, did we wrap up that's where good we to yes go? sir we're going to take a break come back play any or outy exciting times just ahead You may have seen people wearing Mike the Baptist t-shirts or hoodies lately and wondered to yourself, Hey self, where could I get some of that bling bling? Well, tell yourself not to worry, because it's easy to order Mike the Baptist logo tees and hoodies for yourself or your family and friends. Visit MikeTheBaptist.com, click on the merchandise link, and shop away. Lots of colors and sizes to pick from. And now available, I'm just a Christian trying not to cuss tees and hoodies. Mike the Baptist is all about real talk with real people, spreading the good news to a world who can really use some good news right now. When you purchase Mike the Baptist tees and hoodies, you're helping Mike and the crew pay the bills to keep Mike the Baptist on the interwebs and talking about God's love for all people. It's really that simple. And we make no apologies for having fun and living out the Christian life. Order your tees or hoodies today with just the logo or familiar sayings you hear on Mike the Baptist episodes. Just visit MikeTheBaptist.com and click on merchandise. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Mike the Baptist and for your support in helping us spread the good news. What a great planet. Hey, everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. Before Any or Audi, what did America do without knowing what's in that Bible and what's out of it? What did America, I mean, how did America get by saying all these things so loosely Mm. and not really knowing? Is there, I mean, isn't that, it's hard to understand, isn't it? Their knowledge base was shrinkled. They had a shrinkled knowledge base. base. That's very good. I saw that on that sign. Oh, yeah. Uh, Neil was somewhere the other day and sent me a picture of, he was in a craft shop and it said, the best shrinkles are on a cake or something. What did it say? Yeah. Something like that. Well, one of the letters was covered. I did notice that. There was a price tag I, over it. I claimed it. I, I knew, think I it, it was, was a shrinkled, P, but yeah. I, I claimed H. Anyway, thanks for the picture. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, speaking of things, that uh, uh, Amazon came to my door a couple of days ago. and That was kind of the... Uh, I had mentioned recently on an episode... Ah, wrong side. There you go. Oh. That's it. ...of Mike the Baptist that... Where is that? That's it. You got it. Just cover my face up. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, See, I, I mentioned like that, that somebody was, I think it was on uh, the Preacher's Wise series recently. They were 
talking about Beauty and the Beast and the Princess Bride and movies that I'm not clear which is which. And I had a lot of questions about Princess Bride, asking if that's where the monster was, and they were looking at me like, what? Anyway, uh turns out I had not seen it. Uh, my wife says I have, but I don't remember seeing it. But anyway, uh, and then on another episode, after that, a week or so later, I was told the story about Denny and that whole thing about how that happened. Well, the other day, Amazon shows up, and I go out and get it, and inside it's a, a DVD. It's brand new. Somebody spent a little money. A movie, The Princess Bride, and a note in there that said, A gift for you. You have to watch this. It's hilarious from Denny. <laughs> That's awesome. If anybody out there uh, knows who that is, it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, if you know, don't don't admit <laughs> well, to yeah, it. Yeah, don't, don't tell him. Because it'll, be <laughs> it'll be a space there. It's like turnabout is fair play thing, but uh, it's just, I, I'd love to know who said it. I've accused a few people, and they've all denied it. But any or outy, folks. We're simply going to say some things and ask you, is it in the Bible or out of the Bible? Yeah. Therefore, it's called. Any or outie. Simple as that. No need to explain it. Uh, Neil and I are in the power positions today. Neil, uh, would you like to go first? I'd be happy to. The other three of us will be the contestants today. Okay. Have at it. All right. Do angels have wings? Well, that's not fair. Why? Well, because I don't know the answer exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the point of the game. <laughs> well, I know, but... <laughs> well, you know what everybody obviously thinks immediately. My gut says yes. The old guts are talking. Yes. The guts are talking. What did you have for lunch? Uh, smoked oysters. <laughs> oh, it's talking. Oh. Broccoli oh. and yep. some potato chips. It's a talking. <laughs> that explains the noises. An odd, <laughs> it was an odd lunch. <laughs> Quite odd lunch. You know, you caught me off guard because in your head, angels have wings, but then I thought, wait, do they? But now I'm thinking they do. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing journey up here, isn't it? It's like a head. theater with eight different rooms up in my, in my head. Is it like one of those drive-in theaters where you have to park in different parking lots to see the different screens no no it's like the it's like the regular cinema you go in but you got to choose eight. which hall to go down and pick which number and there's something different playing in each one of them i think it's more like a sports bar where different games playing all <laughs> around that, that would work <laughs> too. Yeah, that's what's going on what was your question i had no idea do what angels, do you do angels have wings it was his question not my question oh well but you're supposed to be answering what do you think brother coons i want to say yes now he's he said that very matter of factly like coons is prone to do yeah, here's my conundrum. Yeah. Because I know Neil's kind of a smarty pants kind of fella. <laughs> so oh, you mean Seraphim, Seraphim, we know the Seraphim are around the throne. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have six right. sets of wings. Are you classifying them two, separately from two the angels? Two covering their feet, two covering their eyes, oh. yeah, two flying around. Snuck right up on us there. So Neil. that's the Seraphim, but I do believe... That seraphim are a type of angel. I think they would have to be in the family classification. That's of a my seraphim. That is my take on it. This is yes. getting deep. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I'm going to change. Are you going to say no? Did I say an answer yet? You said yes. Your gut said yes. The oysters, well, the broccoli were like, up. oh yeah, they're not talking yet. Yeah. They will. The broccoli's yeah, like but they will. I love those little cans of smoked oysters. Oh, it's that kind. Oh, I love those things. Oh, I'm, I'm like wow. an old man. 
It sits out under a tree with a package of crackers and. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have the little uh, smoke dusters? The fish. The uh, I don't sardines. like sardines. sardines. No, no, no. You don't do those. I don't like. But somebody do put some of those in the hubcaps of my truck on my wedding. Uh, and when I went out fresh, to get in my truck, know. see, my dad had them put on the engine. Yeah, yeah, so, so but so I tricked them because I didn't take that truck anyway. I'm trying to think. Sarah, hey, like Gabriel, mm. Michael, the Archangel. Is there any passage that says anything about them having wings? That's why I was thinking that that the angel is a different kind of its own, so, its own caveat. The so one angel in Isaiah took the coal off the fire and brought it. Flew over, brought it, and touched his lip. But was that a seraphim? That gummit, but a seraphim, I still thinks an angel, but I just know him. I don't guess yeah. we, we couldn't ask him to clarify. No, no whether it's no, angel. Got to go with what he yeah, said. Yeah, we got to go. I'm, he just said angel. I'm sticking with yes. Okay, I'm that's, going that's with y'all because your gut said so. But you, my gut you said let so us down this road. Yeah, I did. It really Oysters and broccoli are very rarely wrong. But you know, just be on the safe side. <laughs> we'll have to follow back up with that one later today. <laughs> There's a chance I was. Yeah, I'm going with y'all. Okay. It's an any Neil. We're going with any. So there's another classification, and it's cherubim. Oh, yes. yeah? Yep. That's the only ones. It does not list the word wing with angel, but it is listed with seraph, or with uh, cherubim. It is with that. Yep. But they are supposedly not exactly the same thing. Mm. So are we wrong? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> I think it was wrong. I, I went through and was looking. We like I wanted to make this. a list. I wanted to make a list. And anywhere I found angel, there's no. Anywhere I found wings, they're not with. That's what I was kind of wondering if you were getting at. Is the angel, the seraphim and cherubims and all that <laughs> flying around? Is it okay? I mean, is it okay for me to pull my phone out now? I think now. so. Yeah. All right. Because we've already we've already given our answers. Given our yeah. answers. Are you right? looking up an interesting? No, just phone? go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all are good. Uh oh, he's up to something. This could be dangerous. One point five. Okay, so uh, that's good, Neil. Well, There's thanks. another good thing to know. If you're out there throwing uh, angel wings around, you might ought to do a little study in there real quick. <laughs> Call them seraphim wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or keep, Talk about them seraphim wings. Scripturally, angels are not uh, uh, friendly looking. They're scary. Uh-huh. Angels? Yeah. And that's whenever an angel shows up, what is it? what's it say? What's the first thing it says? Boo? Fear not. No, I guess not. Right? Oh, yeah. Fear not. <laughs> Boo. I'm sorry. Some, uh, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you take a shot and you miss. That's a Casperism. Casper. Is Casper uh, an angel or a, a ghost? He's a friendly ghost. He's a ghost. So He's the ghosts, ghost. ghosts and angels are not the same either, correct? I not. I don't think so. I haven't, went, haven't looked went, that up. This went deeper than you meant, I think. It did. Okay, we lost that one. But we learned something. I'm now going to take over the power position, and I'm going to give you a scripture, and you tell me if this is in the Bible or not, which is what we're here for. <laughs> Are you ready? Which version? Um, of ready? Which version of ready? I, think, version of the I think this will be any version, I think. I'll have to verify that later. But That's a terrible answer, but go ahead. It is a terrible answer. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon looking toward Damascus. There's something very much like that in Song of Solomon. 
very much like that in yeah. Song of Solomon. You mean we're where the guys saying sweet things yes. to the lady, and you think that He's he would have said her features, your yes. nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, looking toward Two Damascus, falls running down the hills, Tame Palace. Oh my gosh! Okay, so Neil is pretty specific. He's even quoting a book. He said something similar, though. I said something similar. Read that again. Oh, okay. Your nose is like a drippy faucet. What? No, your nose is like That's the Tower woman. of Lebanon. Tower of Lebanon. <laughs> Looking toward Damascus. <coughs> so your nose in this phrase of mine actually has eyes, I guess. Your nose is like the Tower well, of Lebanon. Face towards Looking them. toward Damascus. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a description of beauty to me, but... Maybe it's a pretty little pointy nose or something, but I'd have to look at the Tower of Lebanon. But the question is, is that phrase in the Bible? Neil has this interesting grin. It's like a he knows something. I think. Am I misreading that? So, Neil, no, I'm just two questions for you. Okay. What did you have for lunch and what is your gut telling you? <laughs> I had a, a grapefruit. Okay. My gut's telling me I probably need something additional. That's yeah, what mine right. would be saying. Mm-hmm. Give me some biscuits. Yeah. That's what mine would be <laughs> saying. and grapefruit. Send some biscuits down here. <laughs> well, that was not very helpful. Uh, yeah, that's, a very weird, that's a weird phrase, yeah. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm leaning towards no. I'm leaning towards no because... I just don't think Jackson reads his Bible. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Whoa. I was, I was getting this great line ready, and then you threw that out there. I was going to say, it's interesting how how you you tender your responses here because you don't want to be blatantly wrong. Yeah. You want to uh, leave yourself a little uh, out somewhere. I think we're doing what they call parsing words, right? Yes, but now, uh, some time ago, we decided we're wasting time. that... Huh. Oh, no, we're parsing words. Yes. Yeah, I'm not because it no. has to be that phrase. Yes. Sorry. I'm and that's good. that would be my hesitation is the exact, those exact words in there. Yeah, There's, because I've changed the phrases before. You have. Mm-hmm. And there are descriptions in that book that I mentioned that are like that. Okay. Where it's something that we wouldn't, I, I would not dare make that comparison. Yeah, life, there's no. one in there about like your teeth look like the head of a camel or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There was something just in the news the other day about noses and somebody being cast in a movie and I think it's somebody portraying a Jew. I think it's a Jew. What does it have to do and with this? They have a prosthetic <laughs> nose that's oh. much bigger Yes, because of that race. Mm. Oh, and really? I was like, this is interesting. Mm. And you bring up this question. Hmm. So their noses could be like towers. I have not seen that news article. It was just so in the last very day ironic. or two that I saw it, and I can't remember who the actor was that was cast or what the movie so, was. But it, there's an uproar over it because they didn't hire a Jewish actor for it. Oh, I did hear something about that. There's more of that happening in Hollywood, which is just not any yeah, silly. Right. Bunch of sissies. So anyway. Is this in or out? <laughs> oh, yes. Your, your I'm, nose I'm, is like the Tower of Lebanon looking toward Damascus. Him, I'm, I'm thinking he twisted something. Yeah. I think it's their chin. <laughs> <laughs> it could be their ears. <laughs> your little toe is like the Tower of Lebanon. We won't go any further. Yeah. Pointing uh, toward Damascus. Your forehead. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, what's your... What's, what's your, our vote, uh, guys? Let's say... I'm, no. 
You're saying Audi? Twi- you think he's twisting it? I think the the expression is very much like something that's in there, but I don't know if it's exact. Yeah, let's go now. I'm, we could be over two today. Are we Audis? We're Audis. My my, I'm still saying I think it's in there, but okay. Wait, what? You just changed on. No, us. no, I was going along with you. That's I what I thought I'm all at. along. You were like, no, I don't. I think no, it's no, different. no. There so is something very much like that. Much like there, it or that not. phrase. I, that's I'm not positive. He don't trust me is what he's saying on yeah, the phrase. See, I, that's hard. right. <laughs> that's right. I don't trust you either. I think you yeah. twisted a word. So y'all are Audi. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I the NIV like Song of Songs seven four says, "Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon looking toward Damascus." It's an any. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's odd. I will say it's odd. It's but odd. like you said, there's a lot of those no in there. God put that movie. On my brain, you just didn't pay the nose. Yeah, he was trying the to give you. He was trying to send you. I should have checked my text message when he buzzed me. He might have been giving you an answer for something else. Yeah, way to go. Okay, so we had uh, two total, losses, total failures. Yeah. Some days that happens, but we learn something. So, Big like uh, in the Bible, uh, next date you're on with your wife out there, and you're at Carabas, and you're ordering dessert. And you look over her while you're waiting, and you say, "Honey, <laughs> your nose is." A lot like the Tower of Lebanon, looking toward Damascus. And she'll say, check. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay, speaking of breaks, we're going to take one, uh, come back and sing you a hymn and wrap up this episode. Uh, because we may be doing another episode here very shortly after we get some coffee. Uh, that's behind the scenes. You don't need to know that information. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for playing. For playing. <laughs> we'll be back. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. You know, folks, during the break, uh, we broke into a discussion about how uh, bad we could possibly do the hymn we're about to do. But Brother Hodo, in his infinite wisdom, Stopped us all and said, boys, brothers. <laughs> he didn't say boys. He said brothers because it was a spiritual thing he was getting at. He said, brothers, what did you say? <laughs> Something uh, about joy. We've been talking about worship. Yes. And so worship is not about how good you sing, there but you that go. you made a joyful noise. There you go. So we're going to try our best at making a joyful <laughs> noise. We're about to make a joyful noise for you. It's page 129 in your Mike the Baptist hymnal. <laughs> and Neil has the lips. Well, if you're not watching, you won't understand that. <laughs> Something you need to watch. Uh, page 129 in your Mike the Baptist hymnal. Thanks for being with us today. We'll say that again when we're done, but we like to say it before and after. So you'll know that we appreciate you being there. You might not ever get rich. But let me tell you, it's better than digging a ditch. There ain't no telling. You might meet a movie star or maybe an Indian chief at the car wash. Working at the car wash, girl. Come on and sing it with me. Car wash. Sing it with the feeling, y'all. Car wash, yeah. Ooh. Work and work. Well, those, those cars, cars never seem to coming. stop coming. Work and work. Keep those, those rags and machines humming. Work and work. My fingers to the bone. Work. Ooh. Ooh. Talking about the, the car wash. wash. 
<laughs> Come on and step We're gonna have the car wash girl. Ooh, ooh, the car wash. Sing it with the feeling, y'all. Car wash, yeah. I wasn't used to this new version. No, no, no. Well, it's the it's the newer hymnal. Yeah, I'm the sorry. old hymnal. We lost. This is the apostolic version. Oh. <laughs> Something like that. In the mouth of Brother Hodo. Speaking of Hodo, thanks, HD. Hey, great to be here. Good day, Michael Kuntz. Jackson. Neil Andrews, myself, sure. Michael Baptist. We're happy that you stayed with us this long. We're sorry about the ham. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry you stayed with us. This We're long. sorry you stayed with us. But anyway, hey, if you're uh, if you're listening, we'll see you Sunday at five at my home church. Temple Baptist, uh, 117 Marlin Road in White House, Tennessee. We will uh, cause great chaos in the sanctuary of our home church. Come be there if you can. Uh, did I miss anything? Thank you. Thank you. You were going to say that again. I was going to say thanks again for being with us, right? Mm-hmm. And so that. Thank you for reminding me. Sure. And thank all of you all. And remember, folks, we're all just Christians. Trying not to cuss. Period. Excellent. (laughs) Okay. Mike the Baptist.